0: morning. All right, nice to see you guys. Let's pray. Well, Lord, thank you for our time together. And uh, Lord, we just pray for your word. Lord, that it would speak to our hearts, God, and um, that we would be um, stretched, uh, challenged, and just drawn um, a little closer to you this morning. So we praise you and thank you for these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're going to be in Second Peter. Chapter 1. So I know you guys know some of this stuff, so I'm going to just, re- you know, remind you of a few things that you already know. But do you know that one person can make a difference? Do you realize that? You know, just read the Bible and you can see the, the individuals that God used to really bring about change. And it's interesting because I, I don't know about you guys, but I have this. Um, it's like this default mechanism uh, in my head that as soon as things get difficult, um, my first response is, well, Lord, can you change this, or can you just get rid of this? And, um, you know, the, especially in the times that we live in, in the midst of um, the craziness that we face, um, you know, our prayer sometimes is, Lord, can you just change things? And you know, that's a good prayer, but you know, I think the prayer that we should be praying is Lord, can you change us? Can you change us so we can deal with what's happening, so we could, um, you know, maybe even be a part of uh, the change that you want it, you're wanting to bring um, to the culture? You know, God, you know, Jesus, change me so I can handle these things, so I can make a difference. So important for us to get to that mindset. You know, and God has equipped us to overcome all of these challenges that we face, to give us the victory. You know, in the first chapter of 2 Peter, it's all about spiritual growth. And, you know, the Lord kind of impressed this on my heart, but I'll present it to you guys as the church. If you want to impact the culture, you have to grow up. You have to grow up. The status quo needs to go. You know, we're, we're just too lax with what's going on around us. The church needs to grow up. And, you know, and I'm looking, you know, the word of God is a mirror, right? I'm, I'm looking, when I'm reading this stuff, when I've been studying this week, it's all been, you know, Dave, this is, these are things you need to check out. These are things that you need to do, you know, growing up. You know, mature believers are on the Christian Endangered Species list. You know, we need mature believers today if you want to impact if the church wants to impact the culture. mature believers. So let's read uh, the text, Second Peter chapter one verses one through 11. Simon Peter, a bondservant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given us everything or all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption or the moral ruin that is in the world through lust or through perverted desire. But also, for this very reason, give all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, And to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins." Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. If you do these things, you will never stumble, for so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I have a question for you. Are you growing up or are you growing older? Are you growing up in the Lord, getting stronger, or are you simply just getting older? You see, whenever there's birth, there's growth. And that's what's expected, right? You have kids. They're born. They start to grow, right? And then as they grow, um, you know, you hope as they grow stronger, they become um, responsible adults. They love the Lord. you know But there's that process. Well, with the Christian life, it begins with birth as well. Jesus said, you must be born again. And that continues with growth, with developing into a mature believer. And that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. So let's start with two overarching principles relating to spiritual growth. The first one is that spiritual growth has nothing to do with your physical age. Charles Spurgeon said that there were children in the church who are 70 years old. But on the other hand, he said that there are wise and stable saints who are relatively young. So spiritual maturity uh, and physical age aren't necessarily equal. Okay, so the second one is you can grow spiritually as much as you want to grow. And that brings us to the central theme of what Peter is getting at in our text. And it's this. The secret to spiritual growth is using what God has provided. Once you have the faith that he gives, we just read in chapter and verse 1, those who obtain um, like precious faith. And after that, we must grow in that faith. Verses 3 through 11. So this morning we're going to look at our lives as though um, we're building a structure. And you know, there's been a lot of construction going around here at the church. And it kind of amazes me because I can't, you know, some of these guys that do the work, they visualize it in their head. They see it, you know, like the finished product. And they're talking about it. And I'm still trying to figure out what are they going to do? You know, how's it going to look? So it's kind of interesting that we're going to look at, Me of all people talking about building the structure. But um, that's what we're going to look at. There's four prerequisites that we need to build our faith. Okay, you need to get the right investor, right? You need to follow the building code. You need to build with growth in mind. And the last one is you have to plan for the move. So we need to get the right investor, and we're going to see that in verses 3 and 4. We need someone that's going to bankroll the project. So that investor is God. It begins with God, and he gives us a gift of salvation, and there's two other qualities that are important that he has. He has the power, and he has the promises. He has the power, we see that in verse 3, it says, as His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory. <clears throat> excuse me, by glory and virtue. So, have you ever thought of what divine power can do? Divine power is what holds the universe together. Right? Divine power can heal the sick. It can raise the dead. So don't miss this. You can grow as much as you want because you have access to God's power. You literally have access to God's power. Can you imagine having a power source that never runs out? Uh, your car and your, bat- your battery in your car. Uh, the battery in your watch. Do, batteries still- do watches still have batteries? Yeah, all right, batteries in your watch. Endless power sources, Right? Or you can flip on a switch and not have to pay R G E. It's just endless. You have it. But, um, you know, just imagine that. And what Paul says in Philippians 4.13, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That word strengthen there is, that means to put his power into me or to put his power into us. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Why? Because he empowers us to do it. We do it in the power of God. Okay, so we found the right investor. He has the power, all right, and we know that that's God. But take note, God expects you to attempt what God expects you to attempt. He enables you to achieve by his power. So the second quality for being a right investor is his promises. Our investors made some promises. In verse 4, it says, But by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So the investor, he's the guy who writes the checks. Now, checks, what are they? Basically, they're just a promise, right? You really can't do anything with a check until you take it to the bank and cash it. So follow me here. Okay, the money in the bank, that's the power. And the check that is written, those are the promises. All right, so our God has the power and he has the promises. But the promise is only as good as the one who made the promise. And obviously, God has made the promise, and He is um, He's never reneged on one of His promises. He's got a perfect track record of being faithful. So God has promised that we can escape from our old life and we can go in a whole new direction. But there's a little catch there. We have to cash the check. We have to cash the check. We have to take the promise and say that I'm going to apply this promise to my life. We have to make the application. That's cashing the check. We have to cash the check. The thought is if God has written the check, then I can cash it. All right? You can take that promise to the bank. There's power behind it. So if you're going to build anything of eternal value, you need the right investor. And our investor is God, and he has both the power and the promises. And Peter calls them great and precious promises. So what makes them so great? Because they come from a great God, and they lead to a great life. The promises of God. And what is the promise, at least in part? We saw that in the verses we read that you would be partakers of the divine nature, partakers of the nature of God. You know, how great is that? The kind of life that we have now, born again believers, that we are, you know, we have the life of God in us, the Spirit of God in us. God's life is attached to our lives. So that means that we can face the future. With the kind of confidence that says, "No matter what comes my way, God's power and God's promises will be there to help me and meet me there as I go through these hardships or these difficulties." The power of God—we have—we uh, have an awesome investor who's got the power and has got the promises to help us to grow our faith and to build our faith. So we got the right investor. The second prerequisite is building our faith, in building our faith, is following the building code. Now, when you walked in, you probably saw a little um, sheet of paper in the window, (laughs) the building code for Penfield, making sure that we're building by the code, doing everything right. Well, starting in verse 5, Peter is going to outline the building code for us, so let's read those verses says, but also for this very reason, give all diligence add to your faith, virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to, self, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and the brotherly kindness, love. So, okay, so, saints, this is, this is our part. This is our part. We just talked about God's part in these previous verses. Now, God's given us the power and the promises, verses 5 through 7. That's our part. And I know this might sound contradictory, because in verse 3, we read that God gives us everything that we need. Now, Peter is saying, add to it. So it's in, the obvious question is, how could we add anything to everything? Well, the answer is that growth takes cooperation. We must have cooperation with God's operation. Right? We're involved with the process. And sometimes I think that's, the, that's where the rub is. Um, you know, we don't like the process or we don't like being a part of that, that part of the process. But we're a part of the process. We need to cooperate with what God is doing in our lives. So look at, look at what's being said here. You know, Peter is saying, give all diligence. You know, give, he's speaking to us. Give all diligence. And literally means making every possible effort. Or intensively or vigorously. I was trying to find all of these adjectives that I could. Uh, to exert yourself. Whatever it takes, you know, to exert yourself, you're a part of the process. And, of course, we know he's not talking about salvation, right? We know salvation is a gift of God. So we don't have to um, go in that direction or even think that way. You know, this is a part, we're a part of this process. So sanctification, on the other hand, right, sanctification is teamwork. I really never looked at it that way until I was thinking about it. You know, I think when you when you give that some thought, sanctification is teamwork. It's us in the Lord working in us, changing us. You just don't sit back and watch things happen. You're involved with the process. And spiritual growth is never accidental. It's always intentional. It's always intentional. Paul wrote the same thought, but in different words, obviously, in Philippians 2.12, where he said, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It's the same thought, teamwork. It's God working in us. He gives us the power. He makes the promises. But guys, we need to work it out. We need to cash the check. You know, we need to follow the building code. So as part of the building code, God requires seven supplements or add-ons that we need to incorporate to enhance our building or building our faith. So these add-ons are, and let's we read them once, but let's let's read them one more time. For also, but also, for this very reason, give all diligence, add to your faith, virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. So virtue, moral excellence.? All right? Add to your faith a moral excellence. And one way to look at excellence is it's something that fulfills its purpose, the purpose for which it was made, that moral that excellence. When you do that, you've added something special to your faith. And then Peter says, then add to that knowledge. And this is a different word uh, from the knowledge than what is typically in the New Testament. This word is epinosis, and it means an expert knowledge, a full knowledge, the ultimate knowledge, a growing personal authentic knowledge, one that is practical. And then to that, Peter says, and to that add self-control. Now maybe you've noticed that sometimes there's a gap between what we know and what we do, right? So self-control is what bridges that gap, right? We add to what you know about God and know God with self-control, You know, that that self-control is what bridges the gap with our knowledge. Self-control is a word that was used uh, by the Greeks to mean to hold oneself together, right? And this speaks of an athlete that would say no to certain food and yes to certain training so he could win the race, to hold it together, to stay focused, Perseverance. It means to bear under the trial or the hardship or the difficult circumstance. And James would echo this in James chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, saying, Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience or that perseverance or endurance, but let that patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So, Someone might say, hang in there. That's perseverance. Stay the course. Don't give up. And then add to that godliness. You can see we're really building this awesome structure, right, of our for our faith and our lives. And then add to that godliness. It's a word that speaks of being right with God. And when we're right with God, um, we can be right with people. Right? So we get this... The vertical and the horizontal axis right. Because you have to have your relationship with the Lord needs to be right. If you want your relationships on the horizontal to be right. And then brotherly kindness. Um, you know that the word Philadelphia. Um, you know brotherly kindness. And then that leads to a higher love. Brotherly kindness. And add to brotherly kindness love. Agape love. This is a love that, the love of the cross. It's sacrificial love. So those, those are the add-ons, right? And they're going to be the supplements or the add-ons that will make your house or your life, your faith, solid. Now, there's a, a caveat to this. You can't pick and choose from this list. Uh, you can't take one um, without the other. And the reason for that is there's a progression here, right? So if you have faith, because this is all, one leads to another, one builds on another. So if you have faith, that will produce a life of virtue. And if you have a moral excellent life, that will lead to knowing God better. And when you know God better, you'll become more self-controlled, And when you have more self-control, you'll be able to persevere under the load better. And when you do that, you'll become more godly. And that leads to genuine care or kindness for people, and then to that, a sacrificial growth or that sacrificial love. And that's how that process works. One builds on another. Get the right investor and follow the building code. The first two prerequisites to building uh, your faith. The third prerequisite to building your faith is to build with growth in mind. The idea here is when you build your life and you follow the building code, you're always building for future growth. You never plateau, you never stop growing. And I know that there's times where you kind of get wore out and you you just kind of want to, okay, I'm, you know, I like where I'm at right now. Um, You know, I think I just need a break. I'm going to just kind of chill for a while and put, um, you know, this growth stuff on hold because it's work, right? There's a lot of times you just get wore out. And you just want to take it easy. But, you, you know, you don't want to get to that place where you plateau because, you know, and I've heard it so many times, if you're not moving forward, you're kind of slowly moving backwards. So you don't want to get to that place where you, you want to plateau, where you don't want to, um, you know, just kind of losing um, your ambition, if you will. And um, I think we've all been there, right? We've all been to that place where, you know, I need a breather, Lord. You know, I just need a break. But, you know, building our faith, it just takes that perseverance. So build with growth in mind. And the idea here is that you're not going to plateau. You're not going to get to that place um, where you're going to stop. And we can see the encouragement that Peter gives us in verse 8, that word abound, he said, for if these things are yours and abound, you will, neither, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And what does that word abound mean? It means I have so much that it overflows. Uh, and the thought here is that as long as I'm here on this planet and living, I'm always, I'm always wanting to grow. I always want my relationship with the Lord to grow. You know, I want it to abound. You know, I want it to just, so there would be just a a surplus. You know, that's the kind of mindset that we need to have as we pursue our relationship with the Lord, as we build. We need to build for that future growth. Back to verses 8 and through 10, it says, For if these things are yours and abound that's that word overflowing, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even the blindness, and has forgotten that he has been cleansed of his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. So when you're built with growth in mind, it's it's very productive. You know, notice it says that you you you'll never be barren. You know, productive. Our lives, we want our lives, our relationship to, with the Lord to be productive. You know, and we're going to look at that as we get look at fruit. But that word barren, it says we'll never be barren. Barren means to be idle or unproductive. Or literally it means something that stopped working right? But if you build with growth in mind, you'll never be that kind of a person who says, well, I've tried Jesus, but it just doesn't work for me. And we've all know people like that, right, who have said that, you know, yeah, I've tried it, it doesn't work. Well, we don't, with this mindset of abounding, we'll never get to that place. And we never want to get to that place. Because the truth is, it's not that God's word doesn't work. It's not God's word that's not working. It's that person. It's that person that stopped working. You know, and we don't want to get to that place. We don't ever want to get to that place. We want to be abounding. We don't don't want to become barren or unfruitful, right? You'll never be barren. And then Peter goes on and says, you'll never be unfruitful. And Jesus spoke about fruit a lot, right? And you know that fruit... When he's talking about fruit, it's an analogy of an ever-expanding life that blesses other people. right? You, there, you have an apple tree, right? Well, the, the tree doesn't eat the apples. The tree produces the fruit for somebody else to enjoy. right And Jesus is telling us that, you know our fruit, that we, you know our fruit of our lives the way that we live um, is something that's going to benefit others. So as we're growing, our lives are, are ever expanding. And as our lives expand, they're expanding for the betterment of those around us. You know, the fruit that we produce in our lives really benefits others. And it's, that's the analogy that Jesus is giving. And Jesus told us the secret to bearing fruit. In John fifteen five, he said, I'm the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. So the idea is that the life of Jesus is flowing into you and the fruit of it produces, what it produces overflows out of you and blesses others your life will be productive your life will reproduce fruit in other folks as well so build with growth in mind as you're building your faith build with growth in mind it you know your life is going to expand your relationship with the lord is going to grow and that's the goal is just to continue to grow and uh, to draw, be drawn, so you're drawn closer to the Lord, and that your life is going to have that impact on others. So look at verses nine and ten. For he who lacks these things, everything that we've been reading about, is short-sighted or myopic, even the blindness, and has forgotten that we are cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren be even more diligent to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you will never stumble. So have you ever noticed, you know, when you're, if you ever watched like a, a scary movie, like for me it was The Wizard of Oz, right? And especially when, you know, the witch was flying around and grabbing those little munchkin people. You know, and I would I would watch it, but, you know, I would be, like, closing my eyes and looking, you know, like you look between your fingers, you know. If you have little kids and they've seen movies, you've watched them kind of, you know, kind of looking out the side of their face. Well, that's what what Peter, the picture that Peter is giving us here. Visualize somebody walking down the street, squinting and, you know, kind of, barely looking through their fingers, they're, they're, that's somebody that's short-sighted. You know, and Peter is saying that, you know, you can't function um, that way. You can't function that way. You try to make progress, but you just can't do it. You're squinting. You know, eventually what he's saying is that you're going to stumble. You're going to fall and even get to that place um, that you're even going to forget that you were cleansed from your sins. You just lose sight of what's going on. You get myopic. You know, Peter uses um, that word short-sighted or even the blindness. And, you know, without, you know, without building your, your faith with these add-ons, these um, character traits to enhance our faith, you know, it just takes you in a whole completely opposite direction. Instead of seeing and abounding and growing, you're short-sighted, almost to blindness, and you know you even get to the place to you you forget who you are in Christ, you know. And the Lord is just encouraging us through Peter to, if you're going to build your life, build your life on these principles, on these virtues. Um, that's what's going to en- enhance your faith. That's what's going to enhance your life you know we try to um you know we try to to get the facts or we try to um you know with some of the different issues going on in the culture today and we think we got to know about all of this and you know it's good to be informed you know i'm not saying don't be informed but the thing that we really need to do as believers is we need to work on this We need to work on our character. We need to work on our faith. Um, You know, we need to enhance our lives with these add-ons of virtue and kindness, you know, perseverance, things that are going to help grow us and help grow our relationship with the Lord. Because that's what people, that's what's going to change people. When they see Christianity, when they see the reality of it lived out in your life, you know they don't need to know more facts. You know they believe me. Everything that's going on, you know, you think, wouldn't you? How could somebody think that way, or why would you know? Hey, you know what? They they know all the facts. They know all all the information behind it. Whatever. As an ant, they they you know they don't need you to remind them of that. You know what? You know what the world needs to know. What they need to hear. They need to hear the gospel. They need to look at your life and see some substance of what you're saying. That's how that's how we make a difference, you know. And then when you open your mouth, people listen to what you have to say, you know. And Peter is saying, "Hey, look, you know, build your build your life, you know, with all of the enablements that God has given us. And He has He's given us." The power and the promises. You know, when I was reading through this, I was thinking, well, what more do I need? He's given me the power to live what he's called me to live. He's made promises to me that I could take those to the bank, right? I can, if God said it, then that settles it. I, I don't even, I don't, okay, fine. You know, you can tell me whatever you want, but if it doesn't line up with what God said, you know, it's, it's your opinion, and I'll listen, uh, but this is what the reality is, what God's word says. Guys, And so it's, it's building on that. It's building on that. Because we don't want to be short-sighted. The world is short-sighted. Without Christ, people are blinded. They don't see the realities of, um, of what God's word, just the basic fundamentals of life. Things that we grew up thinking um, were just normal, aren't normal anymore. What the world needs now is Christ, right? You know, you heard the song, What the world needs now is love, and it's, you know, it's a good song, but what the world needs now is Christ. They need the gospel, and they're going to see it through you and the way you live your life. So the person that builds his life, his faith, um, with that ever-expanding mindset of just keep, just keep moving forward with the Lord, um, that person can see where they came from and where they're going. All right? Saints, a growing believer will be a steady believer. So important. All right, last one. Wow, we're going to get done early. All right, last one, fourth prerequisite. First one was get the right investor, follow the building code, build with growth in mind. And the last one is we see in verse 11 plan for the move. Verse 11 says, For so in an, ent- so in an en- entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. An entrance will be supplied to you abundantly. You know, plan for the move. Uh, we're 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 moving. We don't know when. Um, and what's nice about this move is you don't even need to pack because you're not taking anything with you. That's that's a nice move, right? You can leave it all here, right? So plan for the move. Um, the Greeks used this term to describe an Olympic athlete who won. In the Olympic Games, and came back home, and would be greeted with this abundant abundant entrance, this grand entrance. And um, I was trying to think of something that we could relate to. And um, when the Bills won one of their playoff games, a away game, they came back, and people met them at the airport, and you know, there's big to do about you know the you know they won, you know, unfortunately they haven't had one of these grand entrances where they've won a Super Bowl yet, but they're still working on it. So, and just for accountability, um, I'm a Miami fan. It's not that bad of a thing, but anyway. But it's this this abundant entrance, you know, and, and think about it. When you stand in heaven... And that crown get, gets put on your head. You know what? You're not, you're not going to think of the hours that you spend in Bible study. Um, you know, you're, you're going to look at all of this. And, you know, it's just it's, <laughs> everything that you went through. The times that we spend fighting. I was thinking about this. Just the battle against sin and temptation all of that. You're never going to regret, you know, taking the stand that you did, living for the Lord the way you did. When they put that crown on your head and you're there, I mean, and, and you know what we're going to do with it. We're going to just take it off and throw it at his feet. It just, he's our Lord. He's our Lord. And it's, it's amazing. So, you know, get the right investor, Build, make sure you use the building code. Build with the opportunity to expand and to grow and get ready for the move, pack for the move because um, we don't know when, it could be right now. We're, you know, we're going to be raptured off of this planet and spend forever. And I, I still can't wrap my mind around forever, but um, it's going to be forever to be in the presence of the Lord. So I want to leave you with a thought. In a challenge, one that what I opened with, um, being more um, willing to pray, Lord, change me, as opposed to Lord, change what's going on. You know, because God has called us. You know, we're, I guess it, this would be a true statement. We're like agents of change. You know, God is. God has called us, saved us, put us on this planet to make a difference. To make a difference. So, um, if you're like I am at times, and you um, you pray, your first prayer is, "God, can you just take this?" As opposed to, "God, can you change me to deal with this?" You know, because God does allow things in our lives to mold us, to shape us, to build character in us you know we need to uh, welcome those and i think one of the i think the second worship song really pointed that out to to change us to make a difference and then there's um a few lyrics out of the song i was listening to the other day and um you know when i was talking about um the status quo's got to go you know we got to you know we we can't you know, we we can't just be in that middle ground. You know, in Ephesians, you know, Paul tells us that, we, you know, it's a spiritual battle. You know, you you don't there is no um, demilitarized zone in the battle that we're in. There's no um, rest area. You know, there's no there's no place where you can pull out of the battle and get away from it. So, if you're in that place, I um, mean. Pray about asking the Lord to get you out of the middle and get you back motivated again. Here's, let me read a few of the lyrics. The name of the song is All In. And it says, my feet, are on, my feet are frozen on this middle ground. The water's warm, but the fire's gone out. I played it safe for so long, the passion left. Turns out safe is just another word for regret. So I step to the edge and I take a deep breath. We're all dying to live, but we're all scared to death. And this is the part where my head tells my heart, you should turn back around, but there's no turning back now. I'm going all in, head first to the deep end. I hear your calling, and this time the fear won't win. I'm going, I'm going all in. You know, those words really challenge me because I don't want to be in the middle. I don't want to be stifled or silenced um, by a culture or by a world that um, that may not agree with me, but I know that um, it's a world that God has called me to reach. And he's called you to to do the same thing, to reach the world that we're in. And that takes taking our faith out of the building when we leave today and taking it to where we live, where we work, where we shop, you know, where we live. You know, and that, that's what it's, you know, that's what the founders that put our country together, that's when, when they talked about religious freedom. It meant we could take it from the building and we could take it out into the culture where we live, where where it's needed, you know, where it's going to change lives. So I just want to encourage you guys. This The Lord has been encouraging me for the whole week that, you know, I... I want God to make me different. I want him to continue to do what it takes to mold me and shape me and to get me into that person that he's called me to be. And I pray as you know, you think about some of the things that we talked about this morning, building your faith and what are you building it on and being aggressive in that. Be, you know, be aggressive in your relationship with the Lord and knowing the Lord. You know, this isn't like learning how to, um, you know, you know you can go online and learn how to do almost anything, right? You know, but this is, when we're talking about cultivating our relationship with the creator of the universe, you know, that is... Um, when, if you give that, a, just think about that for a few seconds. That's, it's pretty awesome to think what God, has you know, what we just read this morning, what God has provided for us. And now he's just saying, trust me and live it out. So I'm not going to keep trying to drive that point home. I think that I have, and um, you know what? You know who the beneficiary is to this kind of mindset. It's you and those that you're around you, the people you interact with, um, and that's what that's part of the plan. So let's pray, uh, Lord. I thank you so much for your word and and Lord for all that you have provided for us. God, you've given us everything that we need. And um, all you ask us for now is to just go out and trust you and, and do it, to be a light, to be a witness, to a world that is um, is truly getting darker by the moment. And Lord, um, you know I say that um, just with a heart full of love, Lord, because I there was a point in my life where I was unsaved and I was, you know, I wasn't a very likable person. And, um, you know i but but yet <laughs> you still died for me, and I pray God that you would touch our hearts to the point that you know we might not agree with folks and we might not agree with certain things happening in the culture, but we need to realize that um Lord, and help us to realize God that they're sinners in need of a savior um and they you know and we're we're the ones that you have called to be those witnesses and lights to to share that gospel so help us lord help us look past all of the craziness and the madness that's out there and see those that are they're lost they're simply lost sheep and just help us lord to um to have the heart and to have the drive and the desire lord to be faithful to that call to, to go out and share of the gospel with them We pray, God, that your love would abound in our lives, Lord, that um, as you, you know, while we were yet sinners, you died for us, God. Help us to take that love out into the world, Lord. Uh, We thank you so much for the rest of our day, uh, for this Fourth of July weekend, Lord, and just uh, living in a country that's free, and Lord, also having um, that freedom in Christ as well. We thank you so much for that. Put the rest of our day in your hands, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.